0: Happy Golden Globes, Shelby. They've arrived. What a
1: delightful time of year.
0: The Booze Fest that (laughs) is this weird freaking award ceremony. Every famous person on a TV show or a movie in the past year is jammed into one ballroom (laughs) and nobody knows what the heck is going on. No one can get to the stage. It's so crowded. (laughs) They're getting weird reaction shots of everyone. It's truly like a, a Hollywood gift to us.
1: Yeah, it's ugly, it's cheap. It feels rushed and disorganized, but we're here.
0: We are here to discuss, but <laughs> uh first, we're gonna talk about the new Mulan trailer that yes. dropped. I feel like we've talked about Mulan on the podcast before, how they're doing a live action version of it. You and I famously are not here for these live action remakes of disney movies like why are we doing this i remember reading at some point that they were like that this wasn't going to have as much music in it that it was going to get rid of like some of the more comedic elements of it but watching this trailer it was just reinforced to me how joyless this whole thing looks like mulan is such a good movie it's so fun it's so like energetic and this was just like drab and depressing no, no songs no, no comedic relief no, they added this Mom. weird witch character which i was <laughs> like who is this that's like true. i just don't know what is going on in this and who is excited for this but it sounds like maybe you are
1: <laughs> i am i i i have been very anti live action except and i've always said this and i'm pretty sure i mentioned it with mulan i do like when they try something a little new and that's why i love cinderella the live action that came out, like, years ago um, with Lily James, and I think that is just such a delightful film. So beautiful, so sweet. It stripped it of its musical elements, no talking mice, whatever. So good. So with the Mulan thing, I was down for them to, like, take out the music and the mushu of it all and focus on, like, a more, you know, real story. But I had heard rumors that one, they took out the love interest, which is kind of upsetting because he was sort of this like bisexual icon is how he's presented now. And also they were going to, well, yeah, because he has clearly chemistry with him as a boy and is clearly sort of into him as him as a boy, but then is also into him as once she reveals herself to be Mulan. Oh, it's like a whole. Okay. There's like think pieces about interesting. it. Interesting, <laughs>
0: interesting. Yeah, like he's into Mulan, right? As yes. a boy. Yeah, okay. yeah. They've got okay.
1: some chemistry there.
0: Fascinating. Never they thought they about that. But...
1: Oh, I love it. But they were also saying that Mulan was going to have magic powers, which really distresses me because the whole point is that she does it with like her brain and her wits and her feminine you know, abilities that she'd been told weren't strong enough or whatever. So I was sort of not into it, but this trailer really won me over. I don't know if I'll end up liking the movie because if they do do some of that magic stuff, which they do have this witch lady who clearly is going to introduce some magic in it somehow. She
0: like turns into a bird or something in the trailer. Yeah,
1: she's like a falcon witch lady. I don't know. But I thought the trailer looked really good and the way they used the... um, the reflection song instrumental in the background really just triggered my joy and and nostalgia in a real way. So I'm much more on board than you.
0: I don't know. Like, I guess it's like dead if you do, dead if you don't with these Disney things, because if you stick too closely to the original, like with Lion King, then you get dinged because you're, you know, basically just remaking the same movie and people are like, Why? This is like has no soul but then if you change it too much then people are like but i love the original and you changed it so i'm kind of just confused as to why they keep going back to this well except for they are making a lot of money on these so i guess that's why i don't know the thing with mulan the original is that it's funny but then it's also (laughs) kind of scary at the same time like I think it it does a really good job of mixing those two genres where you have such a terrifying bad guy who's like you know doing such horrible things and you never know where he's gonna be and where he's gonna pop out but then at the same time you have Eddie Murphy and and those (laughs) three men that she's Within the army who are just hysterical. And this didn't really have either of those elements. It didn't look funny. And it also didn't look that scary to me. It just kind of looked a little drab. So, I don't know. I guess <laughs> we'll see when the movie comes out. But so you just
1: wish there were more men in the Mulan trailer is what I'm hearing is. There weren't enough men for you to feel, like, in- excited about the film. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> I needed more men. I needed a man-dragon. I needed a man-bad yeah. uh, guy. Yeah. So,
1: yeah I can see that would be very triggering for you. There's like
0: but also like a great character from the original was that matchmaker lady who was hysterical, <laughs> and I saw no sign of someone bringing this that is energy just a to the trailer.
1: This. you know it's like it's meant to kind of set the tone maybe and show like the realism they're striving for and um maybe you'll be pleasantly surprised when we talk about this on our podcast in in March or April. <laughs>
0: I mean, it could happen. I did love Dumbo, so and that oh, was different dear. from the original. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Okay, did you well, ever let's, even see Dumbo? Uh,
1: let's talk about. The Golden okay, Globes. let's There's not. get to okay. too.
0: <laughs> you just lost all credibility on this. You didn't even see Dumbo. <laughs> My word! You call yourself a uh, pop culture expert? Yeah. Okay, on to the Golden Globes, where Dumbo was not nominated. The Lion King was, and it lost tw- twice. But whatever. Good the golden globes aired on monday they are an award show put on by the hollywood <laughs> foreign press which is a group of about like 70 to 80 foreign journalists who live in the u.s and cover entertainment news sort of uh it honors both film and television it also gives out a couple honorary awards ricky gervais was the host this year for the uh, fifth time. yes for the fifth time a bunch of people won things. It's a sort of a precursor for Oscar, but sort of not, because the categories don't quite line up. But we are going to break it all down <laughs> for you. Shelby, I know that you are a red carpet lover yes. and a wardrobe expert. Do you yeah. have talking points related to what people were wearing, what people were saying in their pre-show interviews.
1: Yeah, I was pretty disappointed by the fashion this year. It felt like all over the place and a little messy. People's like clothes were like wrinkled or badly um, tailored. I wasn't wowed by anything, which is very upsetting to me. And I just want celebrities to do better. It was like usually something just brings it all together. But this was all over the place. I mean, J. Lo showed up wearing like a bow from Michael's and then Charlize Theron had this like pretty bony. It was just, it wasn't great. Okay. But the red carpet interviews themselves were just a strange delight because Ryan Seacrest is frankly terrible at his job. He is just so bad. It is always cringe. The, the uncomfortability level is like all the way up at 110 degrees. I mean, there was one point where he was interviewing Kerry Washington, bless her heart. And then he sees Jennifer, or who was it? Jennifer so, Aniston? Jennifer Aniston, I think. I think. And he pushes Kerry Washington out of the way. And then someone else comes in to meet with him and he's like, oh yeah, we'll do this one first. And then finally he remembers Carrie Washington has been waiting in the wings. And so she finally gets to come out and talk about her show with, uh, little fires everywhere with, uh, what's her face Reese Witherspoon. And so then (laughs) there was some mess up with, um, a bunch of others. There were weird cuts. No one was having a good time. Everyone was just like, so not into it, but I don't know. I was just like, it set the tone. It's It set off the show in a very bad way for me. And I was just like, man, this isn't fun. This isn't exciting. I mean, Taylor Swift showed up, so that's cool. She had her moment with Joe Alwyn all night where they were like publicly seen together, which is a rarity. <sighs> Um, Bill Hader, I guess, is dating Rachel Bilson, so they had their red carpet debut, which was sort of like a okay. <laughs> when did this happen? But happy for them. ScarJo and what's his face were there. They looked like oh statues, yeah, Colin joe's like, They were kissing yeah. each other. And um yeah, I mean, the whole Hanks family was there, which is just a sad reminder that. None of his children are as talented as he is, but it was, uh, it was, yeah, it wasn't noteworthy at all. So I don't know. Did you have any favorite moments? Well, I don't
0: know if it's that the, since the Oscars are pushed up by a month this year, that the Golden Globes are pushed up and like just... It was so close to New Year's. It felt like no one was prepared for this. Like, everybody was kind of rushed. No one was put together. I don't know if you saw the whole sequence with Rita Wilson, who is Tom (laughs) Hanks' wife, who her, like, makeup and hair stylist people didn't show up until like the very last second. So, she was posting mm-hmm. selfies on Instagram about how like, "Oh, we got an hour left and I'm still sitting here with not a dab of makeup on my face and my <laughs> husband is winning the most prestigious award of the night." Yeah. The like the production value of the whole thing felt really chintzy. Um yeah, like the the pre-show interviews were weird. I don't know if you saw the moment where that what's her name like juliana rancic or whoever is the yeah she works with um ryan seacrest she is talking to kirsten dunst and like doesn't remember that it what kirsten dunst's name is and so i think called her jennifer aniston and kirsten (laughs) dunst you can tell like is sort of like do i correct her or don't i and then just ignores it and goes on (laughs) with whatever the answer to the question was so Uh. i don't know it just felt like everyone was still on christmas break and was just like trying to get their act together for this, and it was not working.
1: Yeah, it it sort of set the tone for the evening.
0: Because then I was thinking about how the award shows have opened the past couple years. I mean, the Oscars always kind of have, like, a bigger opening because they're the Oscars and they're more prestigious. But, like, the Golden Globes, they've done, like, pre-show taped bits. A few years back when Jimmy Kimmel hosted, they did that whole La La Land like car Mm -hmm. sequence Mm -hmm. that had a bunch of celebrities in it and dancers and was so much fun this it opens like where we see the ballroom where everyone's sitting like people are kind of standing around they're still talking ricky gervais comes out to the stage and it's almost like nobody has told them that the show is starting because he starts his opening monologue and you can tell that people are still like shuffling around they're not ready they're not fully listening to what he's saying like there's laughs but they're not at the right moments the whole (laughs) thing just felt like chaotic there was no opening bit he comes out gives his monologue which we can talk about in a second and then it moves right into the first award there's no other bits throughout the entire show like he comes out and like we'll read a joke every now and again but there's no like movie montage of the year there's no in memoriam there's no like last year i don't know if you remember at one point the people came out and they were like we're giving free flu shots to all the celebrities <laughs> and it was all these people like dressed up as doctors you running around that? like yeah <laughs> there was no giving pizza there was no like we're taking a bunch of celebrities t- across the street to a movie theater like there was nothing in this ceremony other than ricky Gervais's monologue And a bunch of awards and it felt like you could have done the whole thing with like a $5 budget. It was so (laughs) cheapy looking and half of the time the cameras weren't even the right places.
1: Yeah, and the tables were all, it was overcrowded. All the tables were a mess by the end of the night because people had drinks and plates in front of them and it just like... It looked like a very sad convention where everyone was just a little tipsy and no one was paying attention to the presenters. And they
0: serve food during this, which feels wild to me. Like, why are they serving (laughs) dinner at this event? Like, just give people drinks, sit them at the table, call it a day.
1: Yeah, it was just weird. And then, of course, Ricky Gervais is a very um, controversial figure. And so I think he also didn't help in the department of, like, elevating the ceremony in any way. It all felt kind of like jumbled together and no one seemed sure if they were happy to be there or not. So, yeah, it wasn't my favorite. And I think it was, I mean, viewership continued to be down. I think it was down 2% this from last year. only had like 18 million people watching. So, It was a disaster on all fronts.
0: So let's talk about Ricky Gervais, I guess. (laughs) This is his fifth time hosting. His bit sort of is like, I don't care about this. And I'm going to tell Hollywood, like, speak truth to power. I'm going to say the things that people won't (laughs) say otherwise. I'm going to be irreverent. He told a lot of, like, very... I don't even know how you would describe them. Like jokes that were very cutting, very kind of cruel. And I think in some ways, like really stuck it to people in a, in a way that was like really truthful, but almost like not appropriate for an <laughs> award ceremony because it was so like harsh and spot on to things that people were doing. But then at the same time, it, some of his jokes just felt a little bullying. I don't know. There wasn't an air, there wasn't an atmosphere of like, fun we're supporting each other like this is a fun gathering it was kind of like y'all better watch out because i'm coming for you and whatever your dark secrets are are going to be laid bare for the whole world to see
1: yeah i mean i uh think ricky gervais has done better i think with age he's just become more and more annoying and kind of a dick but i have to say i really liked seeing these celebrities immediately uncomfortable because they weren't being like applauded and celebrated and they were Forced to reckon with Harvey Weinstein jokes and Jerry Epstein and, like, you know, the college admission scandal and all this. So the opening monologue didn't bother me so much. Like, I think a lot of people were harsh on it because Ricky Gervais himself is just like such an unlikable dude. And it would have been funnier or more meaningful if it had come from someone who was self aware and like a good, like, a try hard do-gooder type but Ricky Gervais isn't like shame on you you should all be doing better he's like shame on you for pretending to be better like at least I'm honest about not caring almost and that to me always rubs me the wrong way like he after this opening monologue every shtick every joke when he would come out was literally I don't care why do you care I don't care like move on I don't care and it's just like okay then why are you here like you clearly accepted the gig so you cared on some level about some element of it whether it was the money the chance to get to spout your weird tweets on a larger stage but it's like you're not you're not coming off as like the wiser man who gets to point fingers and judge everyone you're just the like grumpy dude who's being a dick to everyone and thinks it's funny when it's really not that clever at all
0: did you have a favorite joke of his in the opening monologue <laughs>
1: I mean, I really think just the crowd reaction to the Jerry Epstein suicide joke was probably the highlight of the night. Like just these reactions were so funny because they clearly did not want to be there. No one was laughing in the main like auditorium, like the all the side tables filled with like seat fillers or you know, behind the scenes people were laughing. But when it would cut to like the celebrities, no one. Was laughing, which was just amazing and very telling about how they live in these bubbles. They do not want pop. Well,
0: because he says something about like, oh, this person didn't kill himself, just like Jeffrey Epstein. And then everyone's <laughs> sort of like, Ugh. and then he goes, oh, I know, yeah. I know. He was your friend. He was your friend. Like, I shouldn't <laughs> yeah. have made that joke, which then is further like, oh, yikes, because some yeah. of the people in that room he was friends with. And this is real <laughs> awkward. The thing yeah. that I thought was sort of funny, but also really awkward is when he calls out apple for um like oh you're trying to promote like empowerment on your shows but you have all of your (laughs) products made by sweatshops in asia and and the head of apple is like sitting there at the table (laughs) um but then he he goes on and says yeah all of you celebrities are like working for companies that have horrible business policies like yeah. Apple like Google like Disney like Netflix and you should be ashamed of yourselves and don't come up on the stage and give some like political <laughs> speech because it means nothing coming from you guys because you're so out of touch and you're you're willing to say <laughs> things but you're not willing to change the way that you act which i think is a good point but said at the beginning of the show, it made the whole rest <laughs> of the thing feel awkward because then yes. as all these celebrities get up and give these kind of rehearsed, canned political speeches, it mm-hmm. felt very weird because in the back of your mind the whole time you're thinking like, yeah, but you work for Apple and you probably <laughs> took a private jet here and like this is, yeah. you're so out of touch with reality. I don't know. It was vi- it was a very interesting uh whole yeah. evening for me.
1: It was a, yeah, it was a very like, Clever earned dig, but I don't think I think coming from Ricky Gervais sort of robs it of its power because he too is paid by Netflix and like he too is a is a bad celebrity and like whatever I think it's also it's lazy to have that sort of apathetic like you're doing something bad ergo you can't speak on anything else that is bad because like frankly I'm sure my employer could be traced back to something nefarious unfortunately that's just our global world now but I don't think that should stop people from having opinions and speaking out especially from positions of power but yeah it was sort of weird because immediately Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon had to get up like literally in the same breath and be like, well, here's the first award, I guess, for this award show that we were, just, we were just told doesn't matter and isn't important. And oh, yeah, the world is literally on fire right now. So, like, what are we all doing here? Which it, it did kind of make the evening sort of sour and unfun to watch, but was also like, I don't know, sort of funny to watch these celebrities struggle with their own <laughs> issues.
0: Well, and I guess let's, before we get into like the competitive awards, we can sort of talk about the two honorary awards really quickly because they were Mm. the only other portions of the evening that weren't like just quickly doling out awards to every possible person you could, which I think, again, contributes to the problematicness of this all that they decided that they're giving the Carol Burnett Award to... Ellen DeGeneres, who I think at the time that they decided this was a fairly unproblematic figure, but over the past couple of months has been proven to be more problematic than we thought. So, Mm -hmm. you know, she um, saw the football game with George Bush. She has behind the scenes been shown to be kind of a little two-faced and mean (laughs) to people. There was that whole Dakota Johnson interview that was kind of cringy and went poorly. So... Mm -hmm. I think that Kate McKinnon comes out, she gives this very moving speech about Mm -hmm. Ellen DeGeneres and how watching Ellen come out as gay on TV really helped Kate McKinnon and helped pave the way for her and then we had this very moving montage about Ellen and showing all of the work that she's done but in the back of my mind the whole time was like but is Ellen a good person is Ellen a bad person (laughs) like it just didn't feel as wholly exciting as maybe you'd have thought it would be this summer based on this other information that we have and just given the whole atmosphere of the night it continued to be a little bit like uh, like how excited (laughs) can we be
1: yeah and also her speech was kind of just a non-funny mess that's sort of like man because when I like I loved Kate McKinnon's speech I thought it was one of the best parts of the night and then honestly Ellen's montage did make me emotional I don't know what was wrong with me but like like, I grew up watching her after school, and like, I've always had like this very soft spot for her show, whatever. And watching her montage, I was like, oh man, this is so moving. Like, how powerful. And I think that's still true. But it is funny that then she comes up and she gives a very, I, I don't know, unspecial speech that's sort of like, okay, like, we get it. You're just a celebrity at this point who's been awarded so much that it's like, it's hard to feel like anything's Earned anymore at this point it's almost just Like de facto like oh Ellen gets An award
0: it was real jokey And not necessarily yeah. in a way that I thought Benefited her but I agree yeah. Like I freaking love a montage Like you yeah. give me a montage <laughs> With some inspirational music and I will 100% be there I also thought That for Tom <laughs> Hanks' montage which One just proved yes. how many great Things Tom Hanks is in because yeah. Like they just kept coming And coming and coming and every single time you'd be like oh my gosh I forgot he was in that oh and he was in this and they were all these huge movies but like I wish that they had done more montages in this ceremony like give me a this is what's happened in film this year you know like anything (laughs) and and I'd be there for it but they didn't have any of those I mean I don't know this is a side track but Every year Google releases that video that's like this year in Google searches and every year I watch it and I'm very emotional and like yeah. just watching like the inspirational things and the sad things and the weird things that have happened this year. And I'm always like really choked up and and for whatever reason, <laughs> I feel like they play it before movies, um, you know, like in the last couple weeks of the year. And I'm always with my family, like sitting in the movie theater, trying to like, okay, keep Matthew, keep it together. (laughs) You're going to be mocked forever. If you start crying during this, like what happened in Google (laughs) 2017 commercial, but Uh, it's real. Montages are
1: very powerful. Yeah. Even if afterwards you're like, man, they used fight song for Ellen. This is so cheesy. But in the moment I was just like, Oh my gosh,
0: I love Ellen. I'd do anything for her. Uh, And the same for Tom Hanks. And Tom Hanks' speech, I thought, was better. Like, he got choked up looking at his family. You could tell that he had prepared what he was going to say, but it also, he was kind of, like, going off and telling jokes and doing little (laughs) things. I don't know. I loved it. I was like, this is why I love Tom Hanks.
1: He was like, be on time, kids. Like, that was the moral of his story. You know, like, it was just like... It it was fine. It was good. It, it's like, a, it is very classic Tom Hanks. Very, you know.
0: The weirder thing with the Tom Hanks speech was like, of all the people you could get, why did they have Charlize Theron <laughs> uh, awarding it? Because that like, thing you do!
1: It's a powerful she, film. It's underrated. And the Golden Globes yeah, recognize that.
0: But like... Tom Hanks (laughs) has worked with so many different... Like, where was Meg Ryan? Like, where was Sally Field? You know, like, you Mm, could have had so many people with, like, more recognizable connections to Tom Hanks that I feel like would have had more moving stories. Like, Charlize Theron's story about how she, like, auditioned for Tom Hanks and he, like, gave her time to get herself together or whatever was fine. But, like, you cannot tell me that in a room of 200 celebrities, (laughs) there wasn't somebody else there who had, like, better stories about Tom Hanks or a more clear connection to him. Yeah. Then yeah. No, it's true. It was a weird.
1: It was a weird pick and it sort of like makes you wonder how they choose these people like do the celebrity have any say? Is it the Golden Globes? Is it NBC? Is are they paid? Are they do they volunteer? Like it is sort of like What are the workings there? I don't think Meg Ryan has been really in the spotlight in recent years. So I imagine she probably just didn't want to.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like that would have, but like all the more reason why that would have been a great person to have (laughs) just because like she hasn't done that much stuff and she could have really. So, I mean, maybe they don't get along very well, but I'm just trying to think of like, what are his other like really big movies that have, I guess, Castaway, he's by himself, so you can't really do anything <laughs> from that. But, like, Benjamin
1: Phillips, he could have had that guy. Yeah, you know? give me
0: someone from like Apollo yeah. 13. Give me somebody. <laughs> I don't know. Just like, he's Tom Hanks. He's been in everything. <laughs> he's been in a bunch of movies with Julia Roberts, like somebody.
1: Yeah. Well, Charlize was already there, so.
0: I guess but whatever <laughs> okay we've talked i feel like about the randomness of this ceremony enough do you want to get into the awards now or do you have other yes. any other tidbits you want to talk about from the actual ceremony or weirdness surrounding it
1: no i think they all come from the um awards themselves so <laughs> we could talk about those
0: okay let's do movies first even though they came second in the show just because we like movies more and we'll yeah. probably take too long on them and then we can just yeah. through the tv okay <laughs> Big story of the night, I think, is that 1917 comes into this. I don't think people thought it was going to win anything, really. Ends up winning Best Director for Sam Mendes and then also Best Drama, beating out the Irishman Joker, Marriage Story, and the Two Popes. The Irishman and Marriage Story both... Well, the Irishman won no awards. Marriage Story only won a uh, a Best Supporting Actress for Laura Dern. Yeah. And I think those were two of the front runners coming into this. And now they both look like are they going to get anything at the Oscars? Like there was such I an know. over an underwhelming showing for them. And nineteen seventeen winning, like you could argue, the two biggest awards of the night really puts a lot of wind in that sails going into Oscar nominations, I think.
1: Yeah, it's sort of I just don't think that these voters that the highbrow members of the community are going to bend to Netflix like I just think they're still really resistant to the idea of awarding Netflix films which is silly but I feel like that's what's gonna that's what's pushing these you know contenders out of the running a little bit because I was shocked the Irishman didn't get anything I mean pleasantly surprised I guess but I was shocked. So because in another universe, I think if that had just been a major studio film, it would have done better. But I think people are just resistant to this Netflix idea.
0: Yeah, that is an interesting way to put it, because then also in the comedy section, I thought that Dolomite is my name might Mm -hmm. have some chance there because it is such a good movie and a lot of the heavy hitters were over in the drama department but it also didn't win anything once yeah. upon a time in hollywood wins three awards which is the most of the night it won best comedy which i thought was i, I mean i really liked once upon a time in hollywood and, yeah. and i don't think that that i guess is that surprising that that one people yeah sort of thought that was coming
1: yeah i think um i think that it was always going to be obvious that Hollywood would choose a Hollywood film. Like I think that has, looking at the Golden Globes as a precursor for the Oscars, I can see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood doing a lot better than I originally maybe thought it would, just sustaining itself from its like summer or or early fall release, whenever it was, um, because it also won best screenplay. Did it win? Best director?
0: No, nineteen seventeen won best oh, director, right, but it, right. But Brad Pitt won best supporting actor for oh, the, yeah. for Once Upon a Time yeah. in Hollywood. I also f- wonder if maybe there's just not like room in the awards conversation for The Irishman and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like they're both these long movies um, <laughs> by really famous directors, sort of about aging white men and how they're navigating this world that is changing around them and i wonder if like the audience for that particular type of movie is having to choose between the two and is sort of going (laughs) the route of once upon a time in hollywood which i think is like a more fun movie it's more hollywood based it's shorter it's by a studio it's more easily accessible i think yeah, than the Irishman, which is boring. a little bit stodgy and slow in parts. As, for as much as I liked it, I think it <laughs> had. Yeah, it was it was less like glamorous. It the performances I think are less fun in the Irishman yeah. than like you know Brad Pitt shirtless on a roof and Lena Dunham tramping <laughs> around in the desert.
1: You know what? That was a very funny Ricky Gervais joke when he said, "By the end of the premiere." Leonardo DiCaprio's girlfriend was too old for him because I thought that was just delightful. And Leo did too. But I mean, that was fun is seeing their chemistry, like Leonardo DiCaprio when Brad Pitt won. He thanked his friend, made a Titanic joke. Like there's true camaraderie in that group, even like the way Quentin Tarantino stumbled through his acceptance speech, which is probably my least favorite of the night, just because I find him very aggravating but he clearly really has a place in his heart for margot robbie and i can't blame him and um so i think that sort of energy around a film's cast helps in these things but mostly i just left the golden globes thinking like the hollywood foreign press just loves like the brits i just feel like like 1917 shouldn't have been as much as of a surprise to us as it was because like Obviously, that would be a film that the Hollywood Foreign Press would love, and it's like British, so <laughs> it all makes sense.
0: I saw nineteen seventeen this past week as well, and it is a very impressive movie. Like, I yeah. I, I like war movies just fine, but like, I was not necessarily like Dunkirk was not my favorite movie that ever happened. You know, I like right. I can appreciate them when they're well done, but nineteen seventeen is because it's in this single take format and the Mm -hmm. acting is really good. And just, I've listened to a couple of podcasts about all of the work behind the scenes that went into it because it is shot in this very particular way and watching it. It just like forces you to like it almost like it's so impressive (laughs) that I can see the Hollywood foreign press watching that and being like, Oh my gosh, like the work that is put into it is showing itself very clearly on the screen where something like the Irishman, which I'm sure has a similar amount of work go into it. Just it, it's not as evident. I think when you watch it of everything that's there. So I can sort of see how 1917
1: won. I think voters are just so lazy. Like I think that really is seen in both of the best actor things too, because they go for these very loud performances. Whereas like people are very impressed by Adam Driver in Marriage Story, but it is such a quiet piece. Like it's just, he's just this like quiet, simple dude that it's so much easier to be wooed by something like Joaquin Phoenix being this loud, abrasive, in-your-face character who just jumps off the screen in a way where you're like, oh, that's acting. Or when it's someone who is an actual historical figure they're like oh that looked just like him check and so I think that's like a problem not always a problem but it's a influence in how these people vote because it's like oh yeah that that surprised me that's acting done
0: yeah because Taryn Edgerton won for best comedy actor yes. and that was a really big surprise I think everyone <laughs> yeah. thought it was either going to be Eddie Murphy or Leonardo DiCaprio but then yeah I agree with you because looking also at best actress in a drama Renee Zellweger gets it for Judy playing Judy Garland yes. and that movie I don't know if you saw that was like a terrible movie <laughs> I thought but she is giving a very like performancy performance where like yeah. Scarlett Johansson or Saoirse Ronan are giving like much more calmer or yeah. more understated performances yeah. than <laughs> Renee Zellweger. Yeah. I'm just so baffled by the whole Renee Zellweger thing. It feels very (laughs) much like The Wife second coming to me, where it's like, nobody liked the movie, nobody saw the movie, but for some reason, we've just determined that Renee Zellweger has to win this year, but she already (laughs) has an Oscar. I don't know why this is happening, and I'm just praying that we get an Olivia Coleman style upset here, and that somebody wins either aquafina who won best comedy actress for the far- farewell or Charlize theron for bombshell or Scarlett. like anybody honestly i would take over renee <laughs> Zellweger because i felt like that performance wasn't good and also she just seemed like unwell like her speech was rambly and weird <laughs> i thought pretty... she looked unhealthy standing up there i was like everything just it feels off like she
1: was almost still like coming out of character like it felt very like Judy esh to me, like I don't know, like it just I didn't recognize her. Like she seemed very strange, and I don't know if she was just a little tipsy because everyone was, or if she, <laughs> I don't know. It just there was a weird accent at points. Like it was a very strange speech,
0: and she's had like a lot of work done to her face, which I mean is is her prerogative, but like that felt weird. And then she also <laughs> just, I don't know, she just seemed like like very like veiny kind of almost like I don't know I was just looking at her and was like you do not look healthy to me like you look <laughs> like you need well, we to need like to go on a vacation or bodies. something it's
1: okay it's fine
0: look I mean I think Joaquin Phoenix also did not look healthy so <laughs> various people but I you know just like watching these people yeah. have to deliver speeches it's like you do not seem like a human that is like do running think- on full cylinders
1: do you think Joaquin Phoenix's speech, which was very controversial, it was called a rant on Twitter and stuff, which I think is a little unfair, but he swore a lot. He was like, I don't think this stuff matters. It's all for like these ads. Like you guys all know, You're I like admire you so much. Do you think it hurt his, his chances at all at an Oscar that it turned voters off?
0: You know, I honestly think that it does a little bit. I've heard people say that the Golden Globe... Ex- Uh, speeches are sort of like auditioning for oscars it's like the oscars people want good speeches so if somebody Mm -hmm. feels like they're kind of incoherent or ungrateful that they don't want to give them an award and especially this year in best actor when you have so many great contestants like antonio banderas and adam driver and leonardo dicaprio eddie murphy adam sandler taron edgerton To look at Joaquin Phoenix, who is giving a very showy performance, but to think like, oh my gosh, he's kind of weird. He's going to get up and give another weird speech at the Oscars. Like, do you want to do that? Or do you want to give it to someone like Antonio Banderas, who everyone loves, who's been working in the industry for forever, who's never been nominated? Like, if he got up there, you know he would give like a very moving, beautiful, thankful speech where Joaquin is going to get up there and be like, I'm a vegan. You all should not be on your private jet like just <laughs> rambling on about who knows what Which I was half the stuff you couldn't for. understand yeah. <laughs> i mean like there were good parts but it was just such like an odd incoherent speech that i don't know yeah it, it yeah. didn't feel i great mean i don't me. think
1: he's ever i think he's always had anxiety or whatever it's It's like a big room and like it is a weird thing if you're not into that celebrity aspect of being famous. But yeah, I just kind of felt like everyone in the room was kind of turned off by it. And like, you know, rich people love to banish people for insulting rich people. So I would be fine if he didn't win because I'm not a big Joker fan. But (laughs) it's sort of sad if it comes down to those um sort of politics
0: on the flip side though i think brad pitt fully cemented himself as (laughs) like the front runner for best supporting actor his speech was so good he got a standing ovation everybody loved him unlike the actor categories supporting you're competing with everybody comedy and drama so it's like he was up against all the heavy hitters he won Mm. i just can't see people not wanting to give him That Oscar, he is really good in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and most of the other people he's up against have already won Oscars, so it just feels like, why wouldn't you give it to him? (laughs) Yeah,
1: I mean, I guess we'll see, but it was a nice moment, and... I'm always down for a Titanic reference. So
0: also, I just liked how he he called Leonardo DiCaprio LDC, and for a second, I was like, <laughs> "Wait, what? Who is he talking about?" And then I was like, "Oh, he's talking about Leo. Like, he's yeah. just so cool. Like, he's up there, <laughs> and everyone is just like, I want to be friends with him. He's so awesome.
1: Yeah. yeah, I I think that's how most everyone feels.
0: Um, were you excited for your girl Laura Dern to win Best Supporting?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I was. I, I I do love her. I think she deserves it. I think she's so gracious. She had one of the few dresses I actually liked. And um, she's so charming. I just, I feel like she should have been nominated for Little Women over Marriage Story. Um, I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but I just loved her in Little Women. And I think, like, she doesn't get to flex that like softer side as much like she's always playing the like I don't know either traumatized or loud or indignant people and Little Women Marmy was just so oh just so gentle and perfect and I loved her in it so it's a I just convinced myself it was a dual um award so
0: (laughs) I, I I really liked her in Little Women too. I loved Florence Pugh in Little Women. I thought she was yes, so good playing the was. young version, playing the old version. I love so the scene cool. where she see where she's in the carriage with Meryl Streep and she sees Laurie and she like jumps out <laughs> and runs to him. I thought that was great. The scene where they're in the art studio and she's kind of yes. like telling Laurie what it's like to be a woman in that time period. I think is also fantastic. The fact that she wasn't even nominated, I'm like, okay, she was definitely better than half I these know. people here.
1: Little Women deserved a lot more. They were like, obviously, we talked about this in the nomination episode, but having seen Little Women now, it's a shock that Greta Gerwig wasn't nominated for Best Director. Um, I don't even think it was nominated for like Best Screenplay, which I don't know if there's like rules about source material or something, but Greta Gerwig did an amazing job with that film and I will die on that hill.
0: (laughs) I thought the film was honestly better than the book. And I read the book right before <laughs> watching the movie. I thought that Greta Gerwig like found ways to improve upon it. And mm. I don't know if you read... These articles, but they're having a really hard time getting men to go see this movie. (laughs) Like they have a lot of screenings in, which I don't think affected the Golden Globes as much because there is so few people, and they kind of have to see everything. But with the Oscars and some of the other Guild awards, they have showings in Los Angeles, and of the people going to them, like two thirds are women. And you know that of those guilds, the percentage of women is not two thirds. So I don't know. I I think it's. I mean, I can see why you wouldn't necessarily that wouldn't be the top of your prior or like, I don't know of your list to go see it. Cause when I heard no. that she was making little women, I was kind of like, Oh gosh, like, ugh. <laughs> but seeing it, I really loved it and think that like, yeah, mm. I don't I don't understand why you, if you're a, someone who likes going to see movies and you know that Greta Gerwig is a great filmmaker and you know, these actresses are fantastic. Like why you would avoid seeing it just because it has the word women in the title.
1: Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it's misogyny. It's just, uh, whether, uh, explicit or just buried in your psyche without fully aware. And it's like, I sat there three hours of the Irish man, you know, like I, I have spent my life watching movies about men and enjoying quite a few of them. And so it's like, get over yourselves and see little women. That's my message to everyone. Like I just robbed my husband. He loved it. He would see it again in a heartbeat. Like I just, i it, whatever it's fine <laughs> that's for another episode but it's a great it's a great movie and it should have been nominated but a great win for golden globes was aquafina won supporting actress or i mean best actress and um she was the first asian uh to win in that category so yay. yeah she
0: was great i thought her speech was great i love the farewell i wish that the farewell had more support for it cuz i think it's one of the best movies of the year um, Parasite also won for foreign language, yes. which I think is a surprise <laughs> to no one. it wasn't eligible in the drama category because it's a foreign language film, but it is eligible in for Best Picture at the Oscars, so I think we'll probably see that there
1: oh was, his speech was great too. it's like uh yeah a, he had a translator who it turns out simplified his um statement a little bit but it just became this kicker that's like get over subtitles and watch these amazing movies and it was just a mm-hmm. good a good moment in an otherwise drab kind of self congratulatory affair
0: yeah joker won best score which i was like whatever i guess i don't i don't remember the score of that <laughs> first very well. woman
1: though so that's exciting i had to wrestle with that for a moment because i hated that movie but congrats to her that's a big achievement
0: Beyonce did not win best song which was an (laughs) injustice a song from rocket man won, which let's be real was not as good or at least I didn't think it was (laughs) as good
1: yeah and Beyonce showed up so it's like what were they thinking not giving it to her
0: I know. Honestly, she was there and I was like, okay, well, she's here. They have to give it to her. She showed up like late. She didn't do the red carpet. She was like, I'm here for the award. Also, there was a great moment when Joaquin Phoenix won for best actor. He got a standing ovation and he had to walk right by Beyonce, who remained seated. I think probably because her dress was big and hard to stand up in. But I was like, yes, Beyonce, like you you keep, you know that this performance is not worth standing up for. So like, good for you. I think the biggest surprise, though, of the night was the animated feature category where yes. Missing Link, a movie which I think you and I did couldn't even figure out what it was about a few weeks ago, <laughs> beat out Frozen 2, How to Train Your Dragon, The Lion King and Toy Story 4, which was like shocking to me. And now I have to go see Missing Link, I guess, or I think it's, it's on, who? Out on DVD by now. But yeah, did, have you seen it yet?
1: No, um, I had guessed that the Disney votes would cancel each other out and How to Train Your Dragon would finally get recognized. But I guess in a similar fashion that happened and Missing Link got its um, moment. But I haven't seen it. It doesn't really appeal to me. I I don't love that style of animation, so I'll probably watch it, though. So they won, you know?
0: <laughs> I think it'll probably get nominated for... uh best animated film at the Oscars now hopefully so we'll see a one random thing before we get to TV so they did this thing that the Oscars has been doing for a while where instead of announcing all of the nominations for best movie together they like draw drag it out and have them announced one by one throughout the evening and like the last couple of years at of the Oscars, it has been truly baffling <laughs> who they get to present each movie. So, like some of these make a whole lot of sense. For example, Knives Out, the people presenting that like film clip package are Daniel Craig and Anna DeArmas, who are in Knives Out and who are nominated for the film. Rocket Man, presented by Elton John and Bernie Toppin, who are people who are being played in that movie. Like those make a lot of sense. But then there's some of these that make no sense whatsoever. And I spent probably like a half hour this afternoon trying to figure out a connection for them and could not. So I'm wondering if you have any insights into why these people <laughs> were presenting. Okay, Why was Kate Blanchett announcing Joker?
1: <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe she asked and you can't say no to that
0: the only connection that I could come up with is that Kate Blanchett is in the movie Carol with Rooney Mara, who is now dating Joaquin mm-hmm. Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Do we think that that is a big enough connection? Like, yeah. like, it's just weird that some of these are so obvious. And then some of them were a little bit more of a stretch. Like, Annette Benning did 1917, but she was also in American Beauty, which was a Sam Mendes movie. So like, you could kind of fit the pieces together but like why was jason bateman and naomi watts presenting for marriage story
1: because <laughs> they've both been through divorce i, don't I know have no idea
0: <laughs> i don't know
1: <laughs> maybe they had been originally considered for the for the role <laughs> for the <laughs> part yeah
0: That's just, like, the biggest uh, (laughs) salt in the wound moment. Like, Like you didn't didn't get get the part, but we'd like you to present (laughs) an award to us, please.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I hate when they do that. It's like, we're here, we're here. Like, do a montage or do some clips. Like, I don't need you to introduce the film unless you're going to give me, like, some cool, like, behind-the-scenes, I don't know, detail or fun fact about the film. But they just are so boring.
0: Yeah, they really should just do, like a montage of some variety i also love the montage love montages that are like this year in film and it's like sure you can show clips from things nominated but then you're also showing clips from like jumanji and little and you know just like all the movies that came out this year (laughs) i guess they were in a hurry
1: yeah Uh. um
0: Okay. Well, I think that's enough on movies. Let's go through TV quickly. I mean, we won't touch on every category, but were there like specific categories that you thought were interesting or people's speeches that you wanted to talk about? Like what are the high points of the TV categories?
1: I'm trying to even think. And that's what's sad about the TV portion is it's always like forgotten, which it's like nice of them to try and make an effort and putting them in this show, but no one actually cares. And they, they hurt themselves by not nominating stuff like that people actually watch like when they see us versus the Kaminsky method or Foss burden or whatever. Um, Oh, that's, I did love Michelle Williams speech because I love Michelle Williams and she's just so well-spoken and eloquent and mesmerizing to watch. And she obviously comes prepared, but it doesn't feel like annoying with her. Like it's like she has a platform and she's going to use it every chance she gets. And I really, I did admire that about her.
0: Yeah, I found her speech a little bit like she had clearly memorized it line for line. And I think she was getting nervous and kind of like rattling it off. (laughs) But yes, I I agree that it's nice to have somebody who at least knows what they're like talking about and is prepared yeah. with what they're gonna say rather than like joaquin phoenix or some of these people <laughs> who get up there and are like you know who knows what's happening yeah i thought it made a lot of sense the winners of the three main categories even if the nominees were weird the fact yeah. that succession one drama fleabag one comedy and chernobyl one miniseries yeah feels like the three correct winners based on like what has gotten the most <laughs> hype and attention in those categories this year with the yeah. exception of when they see a switch wasn't nominated obviously
1: no yeah and i feel like chernobyl would have won anyways and that's fine because it was a really great show and there was a lot that like went into making that show like it you know clearly took a lot of not only like research and characterizing but just the scope of the sets and the um production it was it was a good show to celebrate and it feels like it came out forever ago but I'm glad it's got it got its moment tonight so
0: so here's a question for you as the fashion icon of the podcast Mm, yes thank you what was going on with so many people wearing sunglasses tonight (laughs) like Patricia Arquette wins is wearing sunglasses there were a couple other people who won wearing sunglasses I'm trying to think of who else was up there in there it was sunglasses. Elton John Brian Cox had yeah. sunglasses yeah it was just like I what are they doing is sign this a that look is
1: they doing drugs <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> i think that's always the implication for me is that they're i uh, they'd rather deal with the oh why are they wearing glasses than wow these bloodshot eyes clearly mean that these two are high on something and so that is my hot take and i mean Patricia Arquette like bless her too for trying she clearly wasn't totally all there as she gave her political rallying cry um and so i would believe that there was something else in her in her drink you know <laughs>
0: I think maybe my favorite speech of the night was Stellan Skarsgard, who won for Best Supporting Actor for Chernobyl whose whole speech was about how he doesn't usually have eyebrows because they're so blonde and he hasn't won anything. And then for Chernobyl they gave him like darker (laughs) eyebrows and then you could see his emotion more and he won. Yeah. (laughs) Which I thought was a funny little like bit and interesting and memorable in comparison to some of these other rambly disasters. Yeah. Yes. Very short. Good job. To the
1: point. It was very nice. Also,
0: I don't know if you noticed this, but after his speech, he paid no attention to Pierce Brosnan's sons and just walked right off the stage back to his seat. He was not going to that press room. He was not doing a darn thing. He didn't want to. He was like, I'm going back to my chair. I'm going to finish my food.
1: Yes, I did notice that and I I admired him for his <laughs> his directness. Um that was probably one of the better sort of in the in the scenes of the show to happen cuz you know it it was a off the cuff moment. I also liked um Sasha Baron Cohen's joke where he introduced I don't even remember what it was. Oh, Jojo jo- rabbit jo- jo- rabbit jo- jo rabbit. And he made a joke about Mark Zuckerberg that felt kind of like it was unscripted, but I don't know if they were just, it was so scripted that it looked unscripted, but if it was unscripted, I was proud of him for going rogue on that. Cause it was a good joke.
0: One of the more awkward moments of the night, I thought, was when Russell Crowe won the first Golden Globe for Best (laughs) Actor in a miniseries, and he wasn't there because he's in Australia. And so they forced Jennifer Aniston to read this statement that clearly she had never seen before (laughs) off the teleprompter, just like and here you go and she like stumbled her way through it looking terrified panicked Mm
1: -hmm. and right and this was the first award it was right after ricky gervais had been like don't make political statements you losers and then she had to read this very emotional political um plea about climate change from russell (laughs) crowe which was pretty funny (laughs)
0: And also Jennifer Aniston has the same problem that I have, where everything she says sounds slightly sarcastic. So she's <laughs> reading this off and it's like sounding sort of like it's a joke, but it's obviously yeah. not. I don't know. Yeah, it, it was, was a, a it, that moment. was a glorious, awkward moment. Also, um, like Pierce Brosnan's Colonel Mustard mustache, <laughs> his one son clearly looked like a serial killer. Yes. The whole ceremony was weird.
1: It was weird. It was just like everyone was just like, It seemed like no one was really listening. It just felt very disorganized. And it just became more and more dull as the night went on.
0: Yeah, it just like ended abruptly. And I think that I guess looking forward to the Oscars really quickly, which are coming up in a month, which is wild. There's not going to be a host again for that, right? Mm, Yeah. So I'm sort of dreading that ceremony. I mean, I love the Oscars, (laughs) but I can see it being another kind of like hot mess, not that well put together strange aimless evening without a host
1: but hopefully more montages
0: yes hopefully more (laughs) montages or like a musical number or something this just needed to be broken up they were whipping through these awards so quickly it was it it was like i was getting whiplash (laughs) i mean it was but it was slow because it was just the same thing for three hours like there was no breaking it up yeah um That's true. Okay. Well, do you have any other takeaways or thoughts or anything on people's outfits or speeches? I think the Oscars
1: can do better and they should do better. I just, I really want something different because just watching rich people win awards isn't like the reason we watch the Oscars or the Golden Globes. It's like the moments and the celebration of film and stuff in general. And this just didn't feel like anything. It was just like, okay, here's your award. Okay, here's your award. Thank you. Here's your award.
0: Agreed. It felt <laughs> cheap. Um, well, next week we'll we'll have Oscar nominations to discuss. So we'll be talking about that. We'll maybe be talking about a movie. We'll be back on Tuesday with another pop culture roundup. Um, leave us a review if you haven't. They're really great. They help more people find the podcast. So we're really thankful about that. Also, we have social media. Tell yes. them where we're at, Shelby.
1: Yeah, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at P.S. You're Wrong. And, of course, we are drumming up questions for a mailbag episode in the in the coming weeks. So feel free to shoot us any questions you have about the show, about us, about movies, TV, whatever you think. Um, and you can either dm us or email us at psurong at gmail.com
0: and also we have an episode on cats that is up over on swiftish (laughs) shelby's other podcast so if you want to listen to that you can find that on apple podcasts or wherever you're listening to podcasts as well and we'll be back next week guys bye good stuff but
1: i've gotta go i've gotta watch bachelor